Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Before I'm done today, I hope every one of your hands would go up when I ask that question, because that's what we're going to talk about. Except that my word, verse 2 said, then the word of the Lord came to him. We're going to talk today about this subject that I've entitled. Now listen, <laughs> if, you're, if you're part of Maranatha, you've been here in the past, you know, just recently I preached a message, series of messages actually, that I called Gideon in you. And I, I talked about Gideon and related Gideon to us. I tried my best. I felt impressed to start talking about Elijah. And I tried to come up with a catchy title. And I couldn't come up with anything better than Elijah and you. So sorry for the lack of creativity. But that's, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Elijah and you. We talked about Gideon and you. Now it's Elijah and you. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings and your goodness, the mercy of the Lord. We ask that you will bless this time of studying your word together. Let it be put in our hearts, Lord, that we might be closer to you, that we might be more like you, that we might be more willing and able to be used by you. We ask this all in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. Everyone said amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. How about we just give Jesus one more hand clap of praise together, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you are an avid Bible reader, which I hope you are, I hope you spend a little bit of time every day in God's Word. In fact, someone in the 8.30 service talked to me this morning about um, that some of my preaching and some of the things I've said encouraged them to follow a Bible reading plan. And, uh, and they found what a blessing that was for them, and I encourage them to continue, and I encourage all of you to follow some kind of a Bible reading plan, because if you just open your Bible and just read anywhere, which is fine to do from time to time, or any, every day, open your Bible and read it, but do also follow a Bible reading plan, because that gets you through the Bible and brings you across topics and subjects and books that you might never just pick out yourself and read. Some of it is hard reading, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, but uh, you know, I've eaten some things that were hard eaten, but they're good for you. <laughs> Amen? You ever have your mama tell you when you were little, eat your vegetables and you didn't like them, but you ate them anyway because your mama said so? That's the way the Word of God is. Some things we don't quite get, we don't quite understand, but read it anyway. How did I get off on that? I don't know. Reading your Bibles. I don't even know where I, was, where I got to that and where I'm going with it. So I'm going to jump on to the next subject. Read your Bibles. The pages of the Bible, maybe this is how I got onto it, are filled with the accounts of men and women, let's not forget the ladies, great men and great women who did phenomenally great things. The Bible's filled with it, filled with people. Uh, we talk about men like Moses, men like uh, David, uh, Daniel, uh, the Apostle Paul, maybe the Apostle Peter, uh, but let's not, forget the, let's not forget the ladies. There were many great women of the Bible. Uh, that's why when the women's lib liberation movement uh, started back a number of years ago, um, Christians like myself were saying, I don't know what women want to be liberated from. 
they, 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 they can be used by God right now. You know, women are great. Women are great the way God made them. Don't try to be a man. Be a woman. Be, a, be the woman God made you to be. But uh, women like Ruth and, and Rachel and Deborah, who was the only recorded judge listed in the Bible, her name was Deborah, uh, Queen Esther, we, we're familiar with all these stories of these great women that did great things. Uh, Priscilla, yes, even a Priscilla. We have a Priscilla here. Priscilla was in the Bible, uh, uh, the wife of, of Aquila, just a great dynamic uh, evangelistic team, Aquila and Priscilla were. The four daughters of Philip, who were referred to as prophetesses. That's right, there were female prophets in the Bible. So there were great, great people in the Bible, and what happens is we tend to read about these people, and we put them on a level up here while we're on a level down here. Have you ever, have you ever done that? Read about how great these people are and how magnificent they must have been. Uh, but I want to remind us all of one thing. Every one of these people who were ever used by God for whatever reason they were used, no matter how great it was, were just that. People. They were people. With all the hang-ups that you and I have. How many of you have hang-ups? <laughs> we all have hang-ups. And the devil's job and the flesh's job is to rob you of your ability to be used by God because of your hang-ups. And I'm here to tell you, your hang-ups cannot stop God from accomplishing His will and His purpose in you. Can't stop God. So Elijah's story begins by actually introducing the state of affairs in Israel. Things were very bad in Israel uh, during the time of Elijah. Elijah came on the scene when, uh, for a number of years, some 200 years actually, uh, the, the great kings of, of David and Solomon had passed away and the kingdom was divided and everything was downhill from there. Division always causes us to go downhill. We need to be united. Amen. Let's be united. Let's be in one mind and one accord. But the kingdom divided and evil kings came to the throne and some 200 years had gone by and Ahab came. Ahab might be one of the most wicked kings that ever uh, sat on the throne. Probably one of the most evil of them all. Uh, and one of the reasons he was so evil is he was influenced by an evil woman whose name was Jezebel. Let me tell you something about Jezebel. Jezebel was an evil woman, all right? Jezebel was so evil that people who don't even go to church know about Jezebel. <laughs> people who have never read the Bible are not going to name their baby girl Jezebel. How many of you, raise your hand if you know a girl named Jezebel? Anybody have a friend named Jezebel? Anybody named your daughter Jezebel? Your granddaughters are sure they're named Jezebel? Nobody names their kids Jezebel, whether they are Bible scholars or not, because Jezebel has such a wicked reputation that has preceded all religious lines and all denominations, in church, out of church, Jezebel is no example to follow. She was a wicked woman. And she was married to Ahab, and she did, what Ahab didn't dream up, she did. I could tell you some stories. I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'll try not to get sidetracked, but she did some wicked things. When Ahab got so far he couldn't do any more wickedness, she stepped up and said, let me show you how it's done. 
I'm saying all this to let you know that Elijah lived in a very wicked time, a very evil time, probably not unlike our time. We, we live in an evil generation, we live in an evil time, we look around at our own country, uh, and things are, things are bad. Things are bad. There's all kinds of unrest, but it's not just in America, it's worldwide. It's finally come to America, there's been unrest in, in this world, and it's now come to America, there's a lot, there's a lot of trouble going on, uh, there are attacks against the church, uh, there are moves on to shut the churches down. Uh, churches have had to stand up and, and oppose government rule because, uh, in fact, I, I heard this, this is a true story. Uh, I forget who it was, but they, held, they, had church, they had their church service in Walmart. All the church people went to Walmart and they, start, and they held church there. You know why? Because I forget what, it might have been California. Forgive me for not knowing the states. I'm just trying to pull this out of my mind, which is not very sharp these days. Uh, but they all went to Walmart and they had a church service right there in Walmart because the government said you cannot come to church. The church doors are shut. We can't. We're trying to stop COVID. No more church services. But Walmart was open. You can go shopping at Walmart, but you can't come and shop for Jesus. So the pastor said, we'll meet at Walmart and we'll have church there where it's legal. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I remember years ago, a man of God said this. He said, let me tell you something. The, the, church isn't, the church isn't four walls. You may not like the building. That's not the church. You can have church in here. We could have church down by the river somewhere. It doesn't matter. It's wherever two or three of us are gathered together in His name that the presence of the Lord comes to be with us. That's what church is. Praise God. So I'm saying all that to say that Elijah lived at a very evil time as we do today. And yet when we read about the life and the ministry of Elijah, I am amazed at his courage and his boldness and his willingness to put himself on the line. And yet, you know what the Bible says of him? The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 17, the, the first part of that, the New King James Version says that he was a man with a nature like ours. And then, of course, the King James Version says it the way that some of us might uh, more readily recognize it. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Like passions. That means all the things you struggle with, all the temptations you fight, so did Elijah. All the hardships you struggle with, so did Elijah. And I'm saying all that to say this. I want to encourage all of us to understand something about this great and mighty God that we serve. God can take a nobody and make a somebody out of him or her. He can take a nobody and he can make a somebody out of them. God can take a life, any life, that will become yielded to him and then use that life for His glory. Amen? This world may think you have nothing to offer. That's just why you need to come to Jesus. Because Jesus specializes in using the people that this world has given up on. Specializes in it. Using people that the world has given up on. Now Elijah was from a place called Tishbe. That's why he's called the Tishbite. 
He was from an area uh, in Gilead known as Tishbe. And what's interesting about the area of Gilead, it gives you a little bit of an indication of what uh, kind of person and what kind of uh, mentality and uh, mindset Elijah had. Uh, uh, Tishbe was a very difficult land to live, with, live in. It was filled with high peaks, very high peaks, and very deep valleys. High peaks and deep valleys is where Elijah came from. And when I read that, it makes me realize, you know what? That's where I come from. Now, I'm not talking about Schenectady. We live on the top of the Broadway Hill. It's no high peak by any stretch of the imagination. Although I'm proud of my son and my grandson who did climb one of the high peaks just a couple of weeks ago in the Adirondacks. God bless you. Good for you. I've climbed high peaks, not in the Adirondacks. I've climbed high peaks in the White Mountains. Thank you. (laughs) High peaks and deep valleys, but let's forget about physical geography for a moment, and let me ask you, how many of you come from a land of high peaks and deep valleys? How many of you emotionally have high peaks and deep valleys? How many of you are encouraged one day but depressed and discouraged the next? How many of you are on top of the world one day and fighting to figure out how you're going to make it the next? That's where I really come from. I've got high peaks and I have got deep valleys in my life. And if you're that type of person that has high peaks and deep valleys, my friend, you're just the person Almighty God is looking for because He specializes in doing the supernatural through normal people. Praise God. Now, when Elijah stepped onto the scene and began his ministry and uh, his methods with his mannerisms and his message, which was very rough and it was very rugged, as he steps on the scene and he says this, it's not going to, pre- it's not going to rain until I say so. So he's taking the blame for the famine and the drought that's about to happen. He's taking the blame. Mm. Are you willing to take the blame for the consternation, for the anger that is produced in other people because of the message we stand for? Are you willing to take the blame? I want to be. I want to be. I've said this over and over and over again. People accuse Uh, Christianity of not being accepting and not loving everybody just the way they are and I tell you that you're a liar we love everybody exactly the way they are and we also tell everybody I don't care what lifestyle you live you are free and welcome to come to the house of God just understand something Jesus isn't going to leave you like that Jesus is going to transform you just remember that you're welcome just the way you are But Jesus loves you too much to leave you the way you are. When I came, and I've said this over and over again, you've heard my testimony too many times probably, I was an alcoholic and I was a drug addict. And they loved me and took me in and said I was welcome in church and brought me to the altar and let me pray and worship with them just like everybody else. And Jesus looked at me and I told him I loved him and he told me he loved me. And he said, you know what else? I love you too much to leave you in this condition. Started transforming me, changing me into his beautiful image. One thing Elijah had that we must develop, 
And that is this. The Bible says of Elijah that he prayed earnestly. Everyone say earnestly. He prayed earnestly and he prayed that it might not rain on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And then he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. He prayed don't let it rain, and he prayed earnestly, and God heard him. Now, I want to just talk to you about the difference between what we might think of Elijah and us, and this is the only difference, is there, if there is any difference, and it is that he prayed earnestly. If I can get any of us to do anything to draw closer to God and be used by God, it is this one thing. Be an earnest prayer. I didn't say a prayer like a prayer, but a prayer. Someone that prays. Be someone that prays earnestly. Now let me explain to you where that word earnestly comes from so that you can understand what kind of prayer warrior we should be. Number one, earnestly comes from a, um, a uh, Greek word that means to be sincere and with intense conviction. Pray with sincerity and with intense conviction. What kind of conviction? Well, conviction is a firmly held belief. You are, your convictions are what you firmly believe. And so pray with intense belief or opinion. And in the Hebrew, that word means to be set apart or suited for the offering of a prayer. So when the Bible says Elijah prayed earnestly, what it's telling us is this. Elijah prayed with sincerity. Number one, he believed God was hearing his, his prayer. Because he, he, he believed that God was hearing his prayer, he, played, he prayed with conviction. Which means he had a belief that when I speak, and I have a belief that when I speak the name of Jesus, all of heaven stops to take notice of who it is that is calling upon the name of the one true God. And a place set apart for the offering of prayer that is why I hold, and I hope every one of you hold, a special place in your heart that is for you and Jesus. I've got a place with my wife, and I pray with her too, don't get me wrong. And I pray with my kids, and I pray with grandkids, and I pray with you when we have a prayer meeting. But in my heart, there is a secret place that's just me and Jesus that I come to, and I talk to Him, and I find Him. It is because I want to be able to pray earnestly. I have an intense conviction that when I speak the name of Jesus, He hears me. He hears me, and He hears you. And don't you let the devil or your lying flesh make you feel like just because you've had a messed up life or you've fallen or you've stumbled or you've done wrong, that when you call upon the name of Jesus, He's turning a deaf ear to you. My friend, I don't care where you've been, what you've gone through or what's happening. You call upon the name of Jesus, and He will stop heaven and earth to listen to your voice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Elijah was not a perfect man. In fact, when we read about him in the Bible, we find out that he had a fiery temper. Any of my kids know anybody with a fiery temper? <laughs> my, my son, Jameson, was the brunt of my fiery temper, often as a, as a teenage boy. My good friend, Mike Massey, who's sitting here this morning, 
I thought he hated me. He had been my next door neighbor all those years, and I thought he hated me. And uh, the reason I thought he hated me is because I, I thought for sure he was listening to me. Uh, 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 he was listening to my fire. Have a seat. Sit right down there. You're fine. If, it's not, if, there's, no red, if there's no red ribbon on the seat, it's, it's usable. I thought my good friend Mike, Mike Massey w w hated me because he had to have heard me heard my fiery temper through the walls of my house, across the yard, through the walls of his house. He had to have heard my fiery temper dealing with my teenagers. But he says he didn't. I don't know. I, I don't want to accuse him of lying, but he says he didn't. I'm going to trust him. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? Elijah had a fiery temper, and he was prone also to bouts of depression. Sounded more and more like me as we go on here. He suffered from loneliness. He suffered from the solitude with which he had to minister from. The emphasis that I want to leave you here with today is this. The Lord is not looking for spiritual giants to use for His glory. God is simply looking for anybody that will obey Him. He is not looking for perfect people. He is not looking for intelligent people. He is simply looking for willing people. To say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Use me. Nothing at all, is known about Elijah and his past until he steps on the scene to talk to King Ahab. Nothing. He didn't build up a reputation. He didn't uh, become a great banker in the area so everybody knew his name. His name is not even mentioned until he stands up to point a finger at King Ahab and said, there ain't going to be no more rain until I say so. God can use a nobody to do His work. Can all the nobodies shout amen? amen? Praise God. God doesn't need the rich. He doesn't need the educated. He doesn't need the intelligent. He doesn't need the beautiful. He doesn't need the movers and the shakers to get His Word to this world. He can use them too. Sure He can. But He does not need them. He needs anybody who is willing. And God has chosen to work through the lives of men and women who will simply yield themselves to His will. That's all He's looking for. Somebody to yield themselves to His will. I'm going to wrap this up, but I want to say this before I do. When we get to the end, I'm going to preach about Elijah because I've just scratched the surface here this morning. My emphasis is on the fact that he was a man of like passion. He was a man just like you and me. And yet God was able to use him mightily. When we get to the end of Elijah, and here's where, here's where it's, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to preach my message, my last message of this, but I do want to give you uh, the understanding of where we're going. You want to know how Elijah's life ends? 
and we all know he gets taken up in the, in the whirlwind. We'll talk about that. But do you want to know where Elijah ended up after all of this happened with the king and he finally pronounces rain and the rain comes? Guess where Elijah ends up? In depression. Why? Wait, well, all this great stuff just happened to you. You just did all this great stuff. You just opened up the heavens and the, you saw the cloud the side and, and now you're depressed. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever felt God in a church service and think everything's going to be okay now and Monday morning you're depressed? Anybody ever get on a, get on a spiritual high and you're pressing on and the next thing you know, your spirit's sunken to the pits of despair? God still wants to use you. And God can still use you. All he needs is someone that will say what Isaiah said in verse number 8 of chapter 6. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, let's see, I've got pedigree, I've got an education, I've got, uh, I'm a, I, I've got a doctorate, um, I've got a good family, I've got a nice house, I drive a decent car, work a good job, got money coming in, I'll go. Mm -mm. Isaiah said, here am I. With my ups, my downs, my good, my bad, my troubles, my highs, my lows, here am I. Send me. And I wonder if there's anybody in this auditorium that will stand with me this morning and simply say, here am I. Send me. Lord, I don't know what I have to offer, but certainly you must. And so here am I. Send me. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.